Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Black Panther, directed by Ryan Coogler and released in 2018. The plot of the movie goes something like this. After the death of his father, T'Challa, the new king of Wakanda, returns home to succeed to the throne and take his rightful place as king and Black Panther. Um, yes. So, as we have been doing, I will do a quick spoiler-free section, although for this movie, I mean, it barely needs to be said, yes, you should go see this movie. I mean, if you haven't already, I'm pretty sure most of everybody everywhere has seen Black Panther or is seeing Black Panther on its opening weekend, but yes, we think you should see it. Um, it's great fun. It means an awful lot to an awful lot of people in ways that, that we can't quite explain, but it's lovely. It's fun. The, um... There were some things about it I didn't expect. I didn't expect it to be an awesome kind of James Bond movie in there. Um, I didn't know all about uh, – I didn't know very much about this because I hadn't really watched a lot of trailers deliberately and I didn't know how awesome – Do you mean like the Korea bit? No, I mean like the um, Sheree bit. She's oh, like Q. like where she's Q. Right, yeah. I get it. Okay. Um, and, and the Wakanda itself. Um, I didn't realise – quite how wonderfully Black Panther is surrounded by amazing women. Mm. Um, and, yeah, no, of course you should see this movie. Yeah. Um, yes, Black Panther is fantastic. I mean, it's one of the best Marvel movies in ages and I really, really liked it and you should definitely go see it. Um, it's a lot of fun. I don't really feel like it's overly necessary to see a bunch of other Marvel movies to see this one. It, it ties in a little, but it's not too excessive. No, it's pretty um, And it's got just fantastic cast bunch of people who are nominated for oscars or have won oscars or should have won oscars mm. um so it's really really great yes you should see it absolutely so we're going to start talking spoilers now for everyone who did see it this week and and honestly seriously everyone saw it this weekend this movie is making so much money it's mm, really amazing bank. so yeah we'll start talking spoilers now and so yeah i'm kind of glad i didn't like know too much about this going in because this was amazing i had so much fun I had a lot of fun too. Um, I think I knew a bit more than you did. Yeah, I, um, I did this by choice, by the way. I deliberately um, – I'm trying to, like, watch less trailers and the experience we had when we watched this where they played the next Avengers movie trailer the, beforehand yeah, and it War gives one. away a little bit of things about who survives Black Panther yeah. and things like that, which was not the greatest. I'm actually trying to, you know, watch less of that stuff now so so I go into things that I'm unspoiled. But Generally, I don't so mind great. watching trailers. I think the problem here is a really specific one, which is that Marvel's now bringing out so many movies a year – and the next one, they want to use people from this one, but this one hadn't come out yet, which mm. is a really big – I had a real problem with that. I really don't like that because it's um, – it kind of ruins the experience a bit when you know going into it that, like, Steve's around somewhere, not Captain America or helping, um, <laughs> and that, that you know, T'Challa's going to be the Black Panther again and find so, him the uh, king what again. what I didn't pick up in the – in the Infinity War trailer is that Steve is supposed to be in Wakanda. I didn't realise that was... Yeah, because he was in Wakanda at the end of Civil War and he's clearly still oh, in Wakanda for the beginning of Infinity War. Yeah. So what, is he just hanging out in Bucky's tent? Like, but, at yeah. least Bucky has an excuse for not helping. Steve has nothing. What was he doing? And also that Okoye is going to be fine and just a bunch of stuff yeah. that it doesn't need to spoil. Oh, Nikoya. Um, Okoye. The Nigerira is Okoye. She was, oh, anyway. Sorry, Nakia and Okoye. Nakia yeah. is Lupita yeah. Nyong'o. Sorry, I the mixture. Shuri yep. is Letitia Wright. I've, yeah, I've yeah. seen it twice. I really, really got, got a handle on the character names the second time. Yeah. Yes, sorry. I was getting it mixed up with Nakia there for yeah, a second. Nakia's no, no, not um, in the trailer. Denigria is my favourite in this yeah. movie, by the way. Oh, my God. Well, actually, like, no, maybe Letitia Wright because she's hilarious. But Denigria was amazing. I couldn't pick between, like, the four women 
who were in this movie. I don't think I could pick one. I loved all of them. I love Angela Bassett. Like I've been sort of low-key obsessed with Angela Bassett since high school because I saw Strange Days really young and I really loved it. I think I had it on video or something and I just thought it was the best and she was the best. I didn't actually think the movie was the best, but I thought she was. <laughs> um, I was. I thought the movie was weird, but I loved her so much so that she's cemented in my mind as like this action queen when it's not true. She was in a bunch of romantic movies. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, I thought she was fine in this. She didn't have quite as much to do as the other but three. I but I really liked yeah. everything she did do. Mm. Um, right from the m- first moment that she shows up, the way that she expresses like, you know, um, mourning and sorrow and happiness and all that stuff mm. at the same time while also being regal and everything is really great. She's just really, mm. I don't know, she brings a lot of gravitas to the role she's in, even though it's brief. Mm. Plus she mm. looks amazing. Yes. Um, and then um, Shuri Lakia, <laughs> Shuri Nakia and Okoye are yeah. all amazing. Denai Guerrero obviously can really fight mm. and is amazing. Like she has the best fight scene in the whole movie, in my opinion, which is that uh, the first bit of that career. Um, mm. Oh God, yes! When in she's the red dress, in the red she dress, pulls and, off the wig. Oh yeah. my God! And she like just slams everybody. And then mm. you, you, it's funny because then you go to Lupita Nyong'o and then Chadwick Boseman, and you can see them like doing choreographed, mm. you know, punches and stuff, and they're fine. But it's just the impact is so much less than what she does. Mm. She's so much better. <laughs> Every time I watch that, I'm like, oh yes. Um, I, I really, every time. I actually really liked how that scene was shot, though, where the, ca- the camera's, like, jumping up the stairs and back down again. And, in, like, in that um, casino, that's really well done. It is. I love that bit. That's one of the standout scenes for me. I really love it. Mm. So, yeah, I thought she was amazing. Yes. But um, I, I think all of the women are yeah. amazing. And the, the Dora Milaje as a whole, like, concept and thing. I just loved how they all moved together and, like, their outfits were great as well. Yeah. I have one issue <laughs> with the – women in this movie and that is that it's how often the men save women in this movie which is like you would think that they could avoid that in this movie but they don't oh there's one really bit that really annoys me they're walking up to the enemy tribe or whatever they lead the other leader of the other group of people who's not um what's it called unobtainium no mbaku Yes, those guys. Um, and they're walking the, up there. The, the, um, the great gorilla, the tribe is called Jabari. The other, yeah, the other tribe anyway, the, the tribe that doesn't have the vibranium money. And they're walking up there and they've got the herb that turns you into Black Panther because the, um, they've established here that it's a, a herbal remedy that gives you the power of Black Panther. And Angela Bassett says to Lupita Nyong'o, you should take it. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, actually she, she should. She'd be quite a good leader and, and she could be strong and she'd have the powers of Black Panther and that would be great. She's like, oh, no, we can't. And they can't for plot reasons because we know – we don't know, but we believe that Black Panther's still alive and we're going to have to revive him and this is the only bit left of the herb. But I was like, we just dismissed it so quickly. Well, she because she one says, of- I'm a spy who doesn't have an army. So people right. don't trust her and she doesn't have an army Right, right, to right. Leave. I get – like, I, there's plot reasons and stuff. But the thing is, like, the four women who are going there are four of the most amazing women we've met. Three Three women go there. Okoye stays because she's she's got to protect the new king, loyal to the um, throne, and not yeah, to yeah. the king. But like any of those women could be Black Panther, and they just dismiss it so easily. Yes, that is really frustrating to me, and it, that's the same feeling I got with Ant Man. But I watched it, so I've seen it twice, and I was watching again this, the second time. There's like the only times that women save men are you can sort of argue that Nakia saves T'Challa, but only because she's went to see what was going on and happened to steal the herb. She didn't even know he was still alive. So it's 
not like she did that on purpose. No. So the only time somebody purposefully saves a man is when Okoye stands in front of her boyfriend's rhinoceros to save Mbaku. And the rest of the time, it's always a man's idea when the women help him. And then we've got a bunch of times when men save women. Everett Ross jumps in in front of a bullet for Nakia. Mm. T'Challa saves Shuri. The um, M'Baku and the Jabari save the Dora Milaje yeah. when they're surrounded yep. by the shields. Like, And you're like, come on. Do you mm. guys have to do this? It's so frustrating to me. Like, Especially in this movie when the women are much... So amazing. Yeah, exactly. And Okoye is supposed to be the strongest fighter in... Wakanda so there's Mm. no reason to have them constantly having to be saved so that was annoying to me and it's like probably the thing that annoys me most about this movie Mm. the other thing that just for me I didn't find Chadwick Boseman very interesting yeah see I didn't actually mind Chadwick Boseman and I think because and this is going to be an interesting comparison but I, I found him a bit like Claire Foy in the crown same kind of thing like a young ruler takes like their father dies and they've got to take over the monarchy and you know take on this role and he's very understated like mm. michael b jordan plays the character his character with quite a bit of flash he's, he's set up again in opposition to chadwick boseman chadwick boseman is very like he's keeping it inside he's trying i think very hard to appear more grown up and more ruler like than he wants to be. And I think the not doing very much is a very deliberate choice for him. He's very dignified and quiet and considered. And I actually think he works well in that part. Okay. I just didn't – I don't find him magnetic or like – I don't find that when he's on screen I'm watching him. I tend to be watching other people. And maybe that is a choice. I don't know. I haven't seen. I don't recall seeing him in anything else. I might have. No, um, I I haven't either, to be honest. So I, other than the Marvel movie that he was, the yeah. Avengers movie that he was in. But when there's like, whenever he's on screen with somebody else, I tend to be watching the other person. Right. If, the second time, I I actively tried to pay more attention to him and see what he was doing. But like, if you watch the scene at the end with him versus Michael B. Jordan, mm. and Michael B. Jordan's talking about how the world took everything from him and it's so like effective and mm. affecting like you really feel that and there's so much that Charles is going through in this movie but I never really felt a lot of it like him losing his dad or any of that stuff mm. never really hit me the way that Michael B. Jordan's pain hit me mm. and I think I mean but Michael I, I B. Jordan could act most of the people right. on the screen he could and um well I'll get to a scene I really liked of his in a bit but I, I yeah I thought I felt like for Chadwick Boseman that was a choice like mm. part of trying to step into this role is actually not showing anybody that stuff um yeah, but, but yeah like michael what B. jordan about in the private scenes with nakia or something like that you, like his watch, mother um, exactly like i when watch lupita nyong'o i watch uh, angela bassett i um actually yeah and when they when he like when he comes home because that's the first time he's come home since his father died yeah um you would think it would be uh it, i mean it is a quite a big scene it's a big moment especially angela bassett i think yeah and she's so great that's yeah. what i mean like i just keep seeing and she's not overacting or anything there are overactors in this movie but it's not like she's doing that no the relationship that i found the most natural was the one between chadwick boseman and uh t'challa and shuri yes Um, that was wonderful he kind of comes alive a bit when they can have a bit more fun Mm. but i felt like there could have been more weight to the emotions of losing his dad and having to take that on just lost their dad and and they've got to step into like new roles of her brother's now the boss and she's always been like cue to his James Bond right but now it's different he's the boss and she's like 
and, and they're not, you know, they're not equals anymore. But then when way. she thinks he died, there's also a scene where she gets to have a lot of yeah. that when she thinks he died, mm. right? So she does everybody a really good job else there. gets all of that stuff. He just doesn't. To me, it was just a maybe it was just a little too understated or something. Mm. But I just never felt like when he when we thought he was dead. I find the movie most interesting in that time mm. when the power struggles are going on and they don't know. And that, that yeah. scene between Nakia and Okoye and all that stuff. I'm like, great. M'Baku as well, who mm, Winston Duke so great. is so good. He goes from menacing to hilarious in two seconds flat. And he yeah. is such an, like, he is such a MVP for this movie because mm. that could have been a disaster of a role. And he was amazing. And he did really well in it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, he was really great. And yeah, it just, I didn't get a lot out of him, but yeah, I don't know. Enough. Maybe it's just and, the role or something. And, and the thing, and Michael B. Jordan's character is so like, I mean, he does exactly what he's supposed to do in the movie, which is to come in and like throw bombs everywhere. Yeah, and he's great for that part. It's a really good use of Michael B. Jordan as well as just being this. He because he, he he's very magnetic. He really does take takes control of every scene that he's in, like the bit mm. in the, when he comes into the throne room, he's like, hi, auntie, mm. to um, <laughs> to Angela Bassett's character. Like that whole scene where he's like – Well, just- his first scene when he's in the um, museum. Now, mm. admittedly, I was really excited because I was going to get to see Michael B. Jordan and I mm. shot him from the back and I'm like, oh, he's here. So I was already excited. But he's so – like, he's so good. You just know from the moment he starts talking exactly what's going – like – you don't know what's going to happen, but you know where this is going. Yeah. And it he's was, so clever. And it's mm, such a cleverly put together scene. Really good and heist even scene. when Andy yeah. Circus is full Jim carrying around the place, like, <laughs> like devouring oh the scenery, right? Even when that's happening, Michael B. Jordan still manages to hold focus. Mm. He's like, he, and he's not doing as much, but yeah. he still has that kind of that energy about oh, him man. that you just watch him. Andy Circus which is, in this part, though. Oi. <laughs> I, I didn't, wasn't a great fan of him in the previous movie that he was in with, and that in this Ultra. part. And he just kind of, it's like he, um, when he doesn't have the mocap suit on, he's still doing a mocap level of emoting. Yeah. At least I don't know. He was anyway, having fun. He was having a lot of fun. Not oh, almost as much and, as Martin Freeman. And that's, well, the, uh, Ma- nobody does like confused and out of his element quite like Martin Freeman. <laughs> but, um, the role, I think that it's actually good that he's that flashy because mm. it's so brief. Mm. Because we, that was, to me, the most unexpected moment in this movie is when Michael B. Jordan kills um, – yeah, Michael B. Jordan kills Claw. Claw I'm yeah. not using Michael B. Jordan's name because I have a little problem with this. The movie gives him a bunch of names and like he's credited Eric as Stevens. Eric Killmonger. Yeah. And Killmonger is a nickname he's been given, but Eric Stevens not, is not his real name either. He no. calls himself Njakada? Yeah, but I think it's Njakada. But we, it's not written down anywhere, so we don't know how to pronounce it. Um, well, because it's in – Subtitles. Yeah, yeah. So when he says, I'm Njakada, son of Njogu, it's subtitled mm. and I read it this time and yeah. I was really pa- – and when T'Challa comes back to life and goes and crashes the plane and then faces him, mm-hmm. he yells out Njakada yes. as his real name. Yeah. And, then, and then Michael B. John's like, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> it's really great to watch that like just yeah. – because he has no idea what he's doing. It's really interesting because he's trying to mm. take over but he just has no idea what he's doing. It's really no. great. Well, he's just it, – it sets up an interesting like – well, it's a bit like the, the Black Panthers. Mm. Like he's got a lot of passion and a lot of people behind him but the organizing ability, like he hasn't quite worked out how to – when he gets there, what's he going to do? Like he knows mm. where he wants to go 
but when he actually gets there, what do I do kind of thing? Well, luckily for him, he manages to get Daniel Kaluuya on his side really quickly mm. um, by killing Claw, which is, like I said, the big shock of the movie. And that was mm. really good. Yeah, yeah. Like it's such an unexpected moment. But also you feel like you've had the impact of Claw, so mm. it's all right, yeah. um, which is why I think it's good that Anti-Circus yeah. is too much because oh, yeah. it's such a brief kind of role, so it works yeah. out fine. And um, it seems almost impossible that somebody who's got that much mm. energy could be killed. But because Michael B. Jordan's the guy who did it, it establishes him as the real threat. Yeah. But yeah, um, the thing that I, I also was frustrated that you knew Daniel Kaluuya was going to be bad from like the first shots of him. Well, I didn't know he was going to be in the movie again because I had been deliberately not trying to find anything out. And then I was like, oh, boy, <laughs> I know what's going on here. Right, exactly. You, you knew see him gonna- and you're like, oh, he's too famous for the for not to have a major part in this. And so – uh, but, now, but but when he was cast, well, probably, probably when he wasn't. was cast, probably not. But I mean, he there needs to be that role needs to be there. There needs to be someone who represents. But I would have liked it m- more uh, if I didn't know that he was going to be the person that betrayed him. Like I just knew that because I thought it was up. It was between him and Forrest Whitaker, right? Mm. Like those are the roles that that's going to be. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh no, he's going to die. He's going to betray him from like really early. Just the way that the shots work. Yeah, just yeah. the way that he's I just, shot. I like I knew that, but I wasn't bothered by it. It annoys me because uh, I, I just like it to be a surprise. Mm. I just like to be, you know. Yeah, to I don't not know. I was kind be of certain just, of what was going. Yeah, on. I was kind of excited, and um, it was really funny at the end where you're like, "Oh, the big Ravenclaw Gryffindor battle," <laughs> because that that is a real Ravenclaw trait, right? Mm. Like saving yourself. Well, I mean, it's it, Ravenclaw is like being smart enough to you know go where you know know, know which side of which side your bread is buttered on kind of thing. Like yeah. you knew, you sort of knew he was going to look after number one first. Well, also because, yeah, he – um, but he is a thinker mm. rather than a, yeah. like an actor. Yeah, he's not a spy. He's not a, a soldier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even though he did have an army. Yes. And, but, and, yeah, and, um, it's interesting. And rhinos. <laughs> it, it was interesting to see the <laughs> Hogwarts stuff at play, um, the house stuff at play. But, yeah, yeah. Um, and the color scheming as well. Everybody's very color schemed. Right. Like you never see Wakabi out of blue and gray. You never see Okoye out of red. And you never see Nakia out of green until the very end. When she in puts the on the Dora armor. No, no, no. Um, yeah, the Dora armor. But that's like the post credit scene. She's wearing yellow. Oh, when right. They go yeah, to yeah. The, it's, um, she's wearing a she different is, color. Yeah. But the whole – because she's not a spy anymore, you mm-hmm. see. Because <laughs> she's not – like she's staying in the country. So she doesn't yeah, wear green yeah. anymore. And when she takes on a different role, she changes her clothes. Yeah. The color sort of stuff mm. is very, very direct in this. Like he black uh T'Challa is almost always in black and purple or black mm. with purple. Everybody just wears their color. And all the way the time. his like robes, my sins. Yeah, and his robes are sort of tailored in a particular way. Like they he's got his really long, sort of slim coats that look like they were made by a really high end designer kind of mm. thing. That yeah, the costuming is really wonderful though. Like Dora Armour is like actual practical armor that women can fight in. It has sleeves and it's not like, you know, a bikini. It also has um, seams that look like nipples that I noticed a lot. But anyway. Uh, um, well, yeah, little um, – it does have a little – I feel like that's because of the leather, and which they've got like leather probably infused with vibranium so that to like protect mm-hmm. them, which I don't know. It seemed like a practical armor, which I, I liked. And they don't have any hair because that would just get in the way. I, yeah, I love that. I love – I love that. I love Okoye in the wig when she's like, I want to take this ridiculous thing well, off. And that it also makes an important point because I read an interview with the um, head hairdresser on mm. Black Panther a little while ago and everyone in this movie is in natural hair – except for that scene with Okoya and Angela Bassett's dreadlocks. Yeah. So everything else is people's natural hair. And the actors were like, 
are you sure? Is that really what you want? You want me to come in with my natural hair? And they all did and they've all got like natural hairstyles, which is pretty amazing. And so the the wig, the really fake looking wig, makes a, a large point about the hair. Yes. And one can, I think, safely assume that the dreadlocks could be grown that way, but Angela Bassett, I think, had short hair at the time. Right, so. and the, and it was just a, they, yeah, didn't and that was a time particular to, look from the comics, I think. Right, they and they wanted to have them hair. white, and you know, it was it was more of a practical thing. Yeah, but yeah, um, also Nick, uh, Lupita Nyong'o, I think, has every hairstyle and <laughs> like every yeah. natural hairstyle in this movie. Like she has the the head scuff at the beginning, and then the little twists when she's in the mm. market, and then like the her bigger sort of afro hair at the. Korea yeah. scene and she just goes through everything. Right. But she, I feel like she likes to play with her hair. She Did does. you see her yeah, at the, the premiere with the like um the big like the way she'd done her hair mm. at the premiere in that purple dress? That yeah, I think she likes mucking around with different hairstyles. Yeah, she seems to. I think she might be the most beautiful woman in Hollywood. Like every time she's in a scene, I just like I just really love watching her. Mm, I know. And she's like our age and that skin, like she looks about twenty five. I know. She's just so gorgeous. She's amazing but she's, and really talented. I hadn't, I hadn't actually thought about her being gorgeous because she's really good. I, I've just never seen her do anything where she's less than excellent. Yes, she's, she's so consistent. She can be both. <laughs> she's um, so yeah. No, of course she can. But like, she's just so good. Yeah, she is. Well, it's the same. I mean, like literally, I could watch her and Michael B. Jordan like read a phone book at each other for mm. a whole movie, and I'd be like, I'm so there. <laughs> Best movie ever. Five stars. Um, <laughs> because they're amazing. And they're gorgeous. And if somebody doesn't hire Letitia Wright to do more comedy stuff, my God, she's yeah, so she was very great. funny. She was really so yeah, great. I, I loved, I just loved seeing her as Q. Like mm. how exciting! And how exciting must it be for like little black girls to see that Q in this movie is a sixteen-year-old black girl? I think oh, that's she's really, supposed to be sixteen. Well, a teenager. She's supposed to be a teenager. She's so little. She's yeah. I don't. I thought she was like in her twenties. There's, I just it's hard to tell with the what, ages with, of the parents, and the, there's no way she can be a teenager. She's meant to be. I really read that like not long ago. Yeah, she's meant I to be 16. I thought she'd be like 25. Well, how old then? She is 25 in real life. Oh, well, there you go. That's good guessing on my part. Um, but, but 24 in real life. But I, yeah, I read somewhere she was supposed to be like then 16. Then how old are her parents? Well, I don't know. Clearly, like John Carney is a lot older, right? Yeah. and then I mean, he'd have to be about around 70. So, yeah. And I mean, Angela Bassett's in her late 50s. So, so she'd John have to Carney be born when they were when he's well into his seventies. Yeah, so she'd have to be born when Angela Bassett was well into her forties, and John Carney was yeah. So it doesn't well quite it doesn't it doesn't work out. You know, Hollywood can't do parental age; they literally don't think about it. Well, also because I was assuming that T'Challa was in his thirties. Yes, and that makes more sense. So if it makes sense I, I, for him, I'll look up my source. I can't remember, but I swear I saw it. She's supposed to be sixteen. With you. I just it feels like she's supposed to be in her twenties. Yeah. Which would make like, more sense given about twenty five and he's about thirty. Given her level of two, like expertise like and everything. Yeah, but still, definitely. it doesn't matter. It it's cool that like it's still great. This, and she's still young, and she's just really she's really funny. Like that sneakers joke. Yes. I assume it got the biggest laugh the second time you saw it as well. That one and the um, we're vegetarians, <laughs> which is my favorite joke. Yeah, yeah. It's just the way he delivers it. He's really, yeah, yeah. really like it's because he's just been threatening up till that point yeah, yeah, too, yeah. and he's he's messing with him. Um, yeah. and he's messing with Everett Ross as well, which is fun. Mm. It's always fun to don't scare me like that colonizer. That was also yeah, a that good was one. funny. That she's great. The, yeah, she's really, really funny. Mm. Um, I just think all of the supporting cast is really, really great. Mm. And funny and fun. 
Well, it sort of felt like like Ryan Coogler's known for surrounding himself with women on his sets. Mm. Like he uses a female DOP and whatnot. And it feel, felt like Black Panther was surrounding himself with women in his well, it, life. His advice from his dad was to surround himself with people he trusts. Yeah, and it's shot really nicely too. Apart from the there's a lot of cutting in fight scenes that felt really unnecessary and yeah. gave me a headache. Both times when T'Challa is fighting for the throne, mm. both of those fights were hard to follow. Just yeah, there's the one cutting. point, especially in the first one, where you don't know where the hit that takes out Mbaku came from. Yeah, like it doesn't connect. Seem to connect with anything. I'm glad it just it, looks okay, really. So I'm glad that happened to you in the second viewing because I was, I was like, how was the fight? gone this way because he bashes him on the head a couple times but then the one that he like when he goes back you're like where did he hit him from did he headbutt him did he punch him we can't see right i was yes no i had trouble following what was going on there as well and i it wasn't just me but then when i watched tonight career if i don't know what's going on Mm, she's Um, so great and and the um dora milaje in general like their Mm. their fights are much better choreographed yeah yeah. i think um or maybe it's just i don't know the acting or i don't know why they're so difficult to follow, but it's really mm. difficult to follow. And it's a lot better when, like, you – yeah, that that um, car chase scene, everything mm. was clear and you knew what was happening. Yeah, yeah. So why couldn't they do that in fights? He directed a, a boxing movie, <laughs> like well, a boxing movie with a whole boxing match in one take. Mm. Why is this one so chopped up? Mm, it's um, weird. I mean, it could just be that Marvel thing of, of Chadwick Boseman did have enough time to train. Yeah, I, I, that's my assumption. It definitely looks that way, especially yeah, when whereas he's Michael B. Jordan's probably still Creed fit, or yeah, you know, or he actually he's training right. for the next one. Yeah, I th- sort of thought that because there's mm. that scene in in Korea when he's when you see his face on screen, he's definitely pulling all his punches. None of them look like they connect at all. Mm. <laughs> Says like the person has no idea. But um, I, I watch a lot of action movies. Uh, but yeah, it just didn't look right. No, to but me. you you can tell like a yeah a good fight scene. I I just feel like I would watch this movie. I want to watch the next one of these, but like just with one of the women as Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just have just them in the movie. That's fine with me. We don't need any men. I'll just watch <laughs> the whole movie with just the women in it, and I'm happy. It, it would be fun. I mean, it does have you. I mean, you've got to set up the universe a bit in this. In this one, so it's got a few restrictions on it, but yeah, I I would watch that movie too. I I appreciate, I, but then I didn't mind Chadwick Boseman as much as you did. Yeah. I thought he was fine. I think maybe it's just in relation to everybody else being brilliant or something mm. like that. I don't know because everybody else is so good. You know, it's just hard. Mm. Even like the minor roles, like they have Sterling K. Brown as the uncle as yeah, well, yeah. which is like a big thing now because This Is Us is so huge. Yeah, yeah. um, and everybody just loves him. So he was a bit. I found his motivations a bit confusing. Like, I feel like, because they, they worked so hard to make everybody's motivations work, mm. which I really appreciate. Like, I appreciate that they have a good reason for bringing Everett Ross back because they obviously need something like that. Mm. But you can see the seams in a lot of these movies where they're like, oh, we need to. And, you know, when this I'm writing, I do the same in thing. In this place, are we, these, these people are in this place, but we can't have them in this movie kind of. Yeah, stuff. exactly. Yeah. So you've got to like, figure out why is Everett Ross going to be there because they need that information that mm, he's got. Mm. But what's the perp- what, why is he going to be there? So mm. they give a good kind of through line. And it, he's an interesting character. They don't just let him be bland and pointless. He's, he's really good. And Martin Freeman seems to be having a lot of fun. Yeah, I know. I like that. I like he, that everybody. I, I didn't like him that much in Civil War, but he seems to be having, he seems to be doing really well in this one. Civil War's not. I have a lot of problems with Civil War. I, I mean, clearly I do. I didn't even remember how it ended. So, yeah. 
I've never gone back to it. Yeah, I, I don't like Civil War, which may have something to – I mean, maybe my not being that keen on Black Panther, the superhero, has something to do with that. I don't know. Mm. It's just it, not that interesting to me. Um, I like everybody else a lot more. I, just, I, I really like the world building of this. Me um, too. Because I tried to read the comics. The um, Ta-Nehisi Coates wrote and yeah. Roxane Gay wrote comics. But I have trouble with comics just because it's really hard to understand what's going on. Yeah. Not just with Black Panther. So I tried to read the comics and I kind of like the world. So I'm, I really like being in the world of Black Panther. Yeah, same. I really liked that too. I was really interested in it um, and really into the world building stuff. And mm. like you just want to stay in Wakanda and learn it's more. It's so and amazing. Have, and, and, like. <sighs> You know, I want to watch the Dora Milaje fight and all that stuff. Yeah, I definitely want to live there. <laughs> the, the increasingly bad CG people as you go up the rocks. <laughs> like, the well, and the increasingly ones. bad CG rocks as you yeah, go up yeah. the rocks. It's really, it's really funny because the bottom <laughs> ones are like real people and then yeah, the next yeah. row are really detailed and the row above that you're like, that's not people. <laughs> I was thinking that too when I was watching it. I was like, you know, you could have just made it less steep and more interesting. Like you could have not done that and it still would have been fine. Or like covered the top in like mist or yeah, something. Yeah, you just so need to. Put that in there, like you could save that budget and use it for something else. Um, yeah, there were some CG things, but uh, um, soundtrack's great. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the soundtrack. That, um, oh, the score was the fantastic. Score, that's what I mean. Um, the soundtrack was by Kendrick Lamar. The score, the um music as they come into Wakanda is mm. really clever because it's just sort of tribal African beats, and then they mm. come through the the dome. Yes, I was just talking about this, yeah. And that it brings in this superhero thing that mixes in with the tribal beats that's really kind mm-hmm. of fun. And that si- sort of sounds like they're not quite, like they're slightly at odds, but it all sounds really nice yeah. together anyway. And it's really cool. And when Michael B. Jordan comes in, it, there's a hip-hop beat. Yeah. Comes into the score, yeah. I looked up the, the composer, Ludwig Göransson. Yeah. He was a composer on Creed. I don't actually, I don't, and Fruitvale Station and Get Out. Really, he brings a lot of people with him. Yeah, different movies. But yeah, it was really. I really liked the score. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought Marvel's it was really great. Had some problems with scores. It's had some good I ones and it had some terrible ones. And this is one of the great ones. I hear that a lot that Marvel doesn't have good scores. I've liked two, like just the scores of previous movies. I love the Winter Soldier one, and I think the Doctor Strange one is great. So. I really like the Avengers one. The Avengers one, yeah, the Avengers one is great too. Um, even the original Captain America has a really good. It's got a really smart score. It's really a, smart. Actually, score. original Captain America, like this film, does a really good job of weaving in period elements. Yeah, and also like, and what's going on with the uh, with him? Like, um, another thing this one does is with the um the Dora Milaje and their the way they move, the, their sort of choreographed movements. They're putting their arms up over their chest and the beats of their marching and stomping and things. It also weaves in that beat as well of what's there's like a um a rhythm to to the way the black panther or the king moves around well it's also- funny because a panther of course it moves silently yeah. but when he's the king there's like a beat to it like a salt military beat and it weaves that in as well there's a lot of other stuff as well um when the crowd is cheering for him that weaves into the score mm. the score comes up and then they go to Chala and then there's the score again so yeah. it's really like every, it's like integrated yeah, um, yeah well the the beats i think it's like a um Part of the Wakandan culture is a very beat-based culture, like that. The way the Dora moved, the way the people chant when there's a fight, on you know that sort of thing. It's part of the soundtrack of their life. And the gorillas, the, their little hooting thing that they do. Yeah, yeah, Ooh, that stuff, which is like everybody has like their own sounds and things. Yes, that, so, and everybody has their own color, and everybody ha- like yeah. everything is very kind of. I, and that that's something that the movie does really well is that it establishes things really clearly, so mm. you know what's going on in different moments. Mm. 
Also, I distinctly remember the first time I watched it when that little kid was looking up, I was like, oh, that's his kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, it's, I don't know if it's just hints. I, I, cause I didn't know that. These are things I didn't know before no. going in. And I just went, but it was oh, also set up for you. So yeah, that it's if also, you, yeah, like, you it's could also work clearly it out. done. Yeah. And that's like, I, like I said, it's a frustration for me with Kaluuya, but there are other parts that I found it really like everything is so well set up that you never get confused about what's happening, mm. even though it's completely foreign world and a completely foreign kind of, mm. um, you know, everything is completely different. And it doesn't rely on that old, like, you have to use these plot devices that we're already really super familiar with. Yeah. Um, it goes a little bit bolder than that. I mean, it doesn't go as bold as it could, and there could be more, I think, grey area in some of the morals, but at least they tried. Mm. And they definitely, there was a lot of um, messaging that's very current and relevant, which is why, to me, it's one of my favorites along with Winter Soldier, because mm. I like that. I loved that in Winter Soldier, the, how when relevant Marvel it was. Marvel gets political, it's so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not just political, but, but current. And yeah. like, when it, has current events that make sense and mm. and, and really it, puts the effort into doing them yeah. right, which well, is the problem with civil war and what's so great about this and with and what's so great about Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier and it because that's the like Black Panther when it was first introduced by Stanley and Jack Kirby was at the height of the civil rights movement in mm. that he he's a product of his time he's mm. a product of that era and so you have to do that with him you have to make him relevant it's part of his dna and captain america is the same captain america is very much about the politics of his time and you really have to weave that into the character or else it doesn't work yeah um i wonder if they might have thought that michael b jordan might be too sympathetic at some point because <laughs> the way yeah. that he the way that he behaves towards women is so appalling he kills his girlfriend like just mm. off like as if it's nothing just to get to to kill claw the only women that apart from claw the only people that he attacks in this movie are women oh claw and t'challa but mm. like you know that's in fights and ritual combat and stuff mm. that he kills his girlfriend out of nowhere he attacks that poor woman who tries to help him do the transition into black panther mm. um like strangles her and lifts her off the ground and then he kills one of the dora milaje mm. like slits her throat on camera really in a yeah. really sort of nasty way so like i wonder if they put that stuff in there to make him less sympathetic i think so because otherwise he's, he's very sympathetic, sympathetic otherwise I yeah think. like he was wronged really right. badly and, and all the most of the kills that he's shown have been for the government and so what he wants his job. is exactly what um lupita nyong'o's character wants it's what a lot of people in wakanda want like and Kaluuya as well. What he's suggesting is not radical, just that his methods are radical. Yes. Um. Yeah. And it, like they go, well, we don't want to, you know. And it's he goes, oh well, kill all of their children, and you're like, whoa, hang on. Yeah. Like you, I they get literally have up to against the leaders, but mm. you don't want to kill their children. Right. You, yeah. You literally have to make him over the top because he is so charming and he's so funny as well. In like, hey, auntie. Yeah. And all that sort of stuff. And you have to because he's so cool. Otherwise, yeah. and but and there's that undercurrent of menace all the time. But you're also like, well, you get where this guy came from. Yeah. Also, it's really easy to root for him a lot of the time. Yeah, because he's Michael he's, B. Jordan. But he's also right. Like yeah. he was treated horribly by his family. But then again, he's right without T'Challa being wrong because he didn't do anything no, to, wrong. No, he did nothing. And, and T'Challa he's the didn't one... know about it. T'Challa's only relying on what he's been taught and what he's been told to how he's been told to behave and all that. Also, but I mean, killing Forrest Whitaker as well. You're like, why did you even do this? Stupid. Yeah. He didn't have to like get him. He 
gets himself killed in three seconds because you're like, yeah. this is a dumb move, Zuri. <laughs> it's not the smart thing to do here. No. Um, he is overacting like crazy too. Uh, Forrest Whitaker, yes. everything I've seen him in recently, yes. he's been chewing scenery like crazy. I know. And again, it's fine because he's in a minor role. But like yeah. he, the way that he introduces everything with wild eyes and long breaks yeah. and you're like, okay, we get it. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. We can stop now. Like, this is an Oscar-nominated actor. He was acting like he was a, in a cartoon. <laughs> it was really odd. Uh, but, you know, big names and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. The thing that he's – he did the same thing in Rogue One, and you're like, why are uh, you doing this now? Why are you overacting in everything? Mm. But whatever. Eh. Um, I mean, really, where else are you going to get a cast of this caliber together all in yeah. one movie? It's- There's a lot of smart stuff as well in how they deal with things. Like, oh, when Everett Ross is explaining, oh, he's attacking the transitions of power. Mm. It's really clever. It's a really clever idea. And, mm. and it's a really kind of just to put that all the thought that they put into making this movie come together and work yeah. properly. It's an really idea good. somebody who works with the CIA would know about too, right? Yeah. Because so, the CIA they- attack transitions of power and install puppet leadership. Like that's what they do. Yeah. So it makes sense that he would know about that and see that happening and, and understand how someone who's special forces would yeah think. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of that stuff is kind of stuff that Michael B. Jordan can't exposition. No. But you can see it in everything that he's doing and you can see how smart he is mm-hmm. as well, but also how – how dumb he is in terms of like he he can't win people over no i mean it's it's that thing we talked about before the incredible amount of passion and a real like an eye on the outcome with no sort of thought about how to actually behave when he gets there he doesn't care what other people think well it's also and that he's he- just trying to do what he thinks is right and he's going to steamroll it i i was thinking more like his only the only way he knows how to react to any anything is with violence Mm. so like oh they didn't listen to me i'll strangle this old woman yeah (laughs) like it's that kind of oh they're not listening to me i'll yell at them Mm. like he's he knows what he needs to be doing and he knows the things that he should be attacking and stuff yeah but he doesn't have any control over himself Mm. and i suppose that's indirect Contrast to Charla, to to Charla, <laughs> to T'Challa. T'Challa, who's all about control, yeah, which makes him not as interesting. <laughs> yeah, it but, does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the CG is not always great. Well, no, we just talked about that with but, the people up going up the. Cliff. Yeah, but also the green screen of the fights. Like yeah. Jelly mentioned that yeah. too, and I've Especially noticed that too. In, it's the, really, in the water fights. Yeah, yeah, it's really rough. Yeah, it's not um, good. They should have just – I mean, they could have just done it in front of a map painting. It they probably could have, would have found a better. location to do that on. Maybe and just built a set in front of it. Yeah, it might you have could been have hard. built a bit of set around it or yeah, or done something on a back lot. Yeah. It would be fun. I don't know. The, the movie kind of has a, a lot of plot to move through in a fairly short amount of time. It, mm. Even though it's 2 hours and 15 minutes, it doesn't feel like it. It really? feels like it really yeah, wow. kind of powers through that. Yeah, yeah. It feels like it covers a lot. It does. And it – It'd be nice to take a breather and see more of Wakanda, more of all of that sort of stuff. I, I'm very interested in Wakanda. I want to know all about um, it. Because even Michael B. Jordan didn't really get enough time to establish that character as much as he could have. Yeah. I think. And, and I think that because the second time I went with a friend who was like, oh, I didn't get it. I didn't like him that much. I think I was bringing in a lot of baggage because I love Michael B. Jordan so much. <laughs> Probably. But um, And he is a good bad guy, but it could have been... I think part of the Marvel villain problem is that they don't have a lot of time to establish themselves. No, there's so much plot got to go on. And, like, they killed off Eric in this movie. There's no Mm. reason... I don't... 
see why they felt like they had to do that. He could have been great to keep around. He would have been the Loki of the series if he were, if he yeah. kept around. Or even the Bucky of the series if they want to, like, yeah. re- redeem him or something. Speaking of Bucky, post-credit scene <laughs> where Bucky shows up. and But the thing with Bucky showing up to me was, like, all that triggered for me was, like, okay, well, where's Steve? <laughs> like, we knew Bucky was there. Well, so, some of us who remembered the end of Civil War knew Bucky was there. I remembered that Bucky was there. Yeah. Um. So the whole movie, you're sort of – it's. I think for anybody who does remember that, it's always kind of at the back of your mind. Right. Like Steve and Bucky are there somewhere. Right. Or they were there last time we saw them. And the White Wolf thing, which is clearly a comics thing, but, yeah. you know. It's nice to see him doing well for five seconds it before was, he's thrown into torture again in the next one. It was nice. And having come off seeing I, Tonya, I was like, I'm now slightly scared of Sebastian Stan as opposed to being like, oh, Bucky, my little cinnamon roll. So <laughs> My little murderous cinnamon roll. Well, the thing yeah. is, most of the time when we see Bucky Barnes, he's oh, – well, most of the time when we've seen him in this current hair and stuff, he's just killing people. It's funny how much, like, sympathy and empathy we have for this character yeah. who – his most effective moments have been like ripping, like steering wheels out of cars and things. Mm. And that theme, oh, which I love. But, I'm obsessed with that yeah, theme. But we also understand that he's been a victim here. Yeah, he's, exactly. Um, yeah. Anyway. And we remember what he was like. But I was also like part of me, young. part of my brain, because I'd seen I, Tonya so recently, it was like Jeff Galuli. <laughs> so I was like, I oh, don't have oh. that issue. I mean, I, I've seen Sebastian Stan in so many things. That's just not a thing for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we give it ratings? Sure. Um... I'm going to give it four stars. That's where I'm landing as well. I was well. thinking like four, four and stars. a half. I mean, I really enjoyed it, mm. but like a couple little things keep me back from wanting to give it four, four, four and a half. Like yeah. the women thing and the CGI thing. And mm. I did really like it though. Yes. I really liked it too. I thought it was good fun. For me, it's, I think, probably my second favorite Marvel movie after um, after Winter Soldier. Mm. Well, thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like show notes or old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to find us on uh, Twitter, we're at screen underscore queens. Over there, we're facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.